I don't like hosting. It's basically just the same as not hosting, but instead of not hosting, you're hosting. Hello and welcome to 10 Hour Timestamp, the podcast that... I'm Twitter's number one cameo star, Stu the Brummy, and with me as always is Dave, or as the opticians know him, Rose Tinted Spectrum. Dave, we're a gaming podcast, so let's try and stick with the theme this week and not go off piste. What is your favourite, and we're, we're talking now or in the past, it doesn't matter if they're not the same anymore. Maybe something has changed, which has altered your perception of them, but you still have a love for them. Um, whether it's a guilty pleasure or not, you, you know, your very, very, very favourite series of Walker's Tazos. And may I say, whilst researching this, I had no idea there were so many. Uh, well, it's got to be the Warner Brothers ones that appeared in Packets of Crisps, because they're the only ones I know about. <laughs> My friend had every single one of them in the official Tazo binder. I think he's still got it. Oh, that's very exciting. I saw one of those in a a charity shop recently. Did you? Uh, Yeah, I did. And it was going for like 40, 50 quid, which uh, I thought, I'm not not spending that much money on Tazos. Yeah, I mean, the good thing about Tazos was you could connect them together. That's what I liked about them, because you could make things out of them. But then people started collecting them like proper nerds and putting them in binders. <laughs> yeah, no, I just enjoyed making things from them. It, com- it comes from a Mexican word. Ta- uh, it's like tazoon or taz- tazu- ta- tattooing, tazooing or You're something. You're being very racist right now, Steve. Which, <laughs> which means, um, uh, it, it literally means like break up or break apart or something like that. And that's that's where the word tazo came from. When I said I did research, I actually genuinely did hmm. have a little look at all the different tazos. Because uh, what's the Walker's equivalent in America? Uh, Lays. Lit. Lays, that's yeah. the one, yeah. Lit, that's a 90s uh, pop punk band. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Anyway, <laughs> um, they did loads. They did, uh, like, the the mask. They did Pokemon. Yeah, right. Uh, all of the franchises. Yeah, I know they did some, but I've never seen them. I don't, I don't Did they come out over here? I th- I'm pretty I sure they just had the Walker's ones. Yeah, Star Wars. I know there was a... There was a few different kinds of pogs that came out in this country. Yes, yeah, there were. Not too far from where I am now, there was a a, a pogs market trader store, <laughs> uh, which did all the foreign ones. So wow. I've got I've got some quite random ones. I've got a metal, a natural official metal pog kinney. Is that what they're called? I think Kinnies. so. Yeah. Something like that. We just used to call them smashes or something. I don't think we Smash. use the actual word. I, th- I think that because there was there was lots of kind of dodgy brands of it. I'm sure one of the companies called them Smashers or something like it that. Possibly because my mum refused to, and rightly, rightly so, she refused to pay the money for Pogs because basically you're paying for bits of cardboard with yeah, pictures exactly. printed on them. But all of the kids were playing Pogs. So she used to get me these crappy knockoff ones from the market. 
that were like two pound for a hundred and uh unfortunately it was a false economy because whenever we came to play and you used to do the thing where you you know you kept whatever you won i yeah. used to have to put forward five of my crap pogs for <laughs> one of their good ones so uh yeah and were it was paper thin uh no they were like normal pog size they were just like they would have holographic image because holographic things were all the rage were cool. in the 90s yeah so they all were shiny holographic things and i always used to try and big them up as like no these ones are really good because they're shiny <laughs> and nobody nobody would have it nobody else has them yeah. oh never mind yeah so have you been up to much this week dave uh, yeah, weirdly i've got into gambling stew but not gambling <laughs> with money uh, I joined lives. Uh, yes, I joined uh, a website called Desert Island Fruits. Uh, mm. Just like a small community that uh, they do uh, fruit machine emulation uh, of, oh, like, wow. of, of like the original machines. But you have to initially. I thought this is a really annoying, stupid restriction to get on there and download stuff. But they obviously just want to build up their community, so you have to like sign up and talk to people for a bit and. Uh, depending on how much karma you get from your posts, will allow you to download stuff from the site. Basically, oh, that's and, uh, all right. Yeah, I uh, I just downloaded a few. Well, I've, I've maybe got about eight, eight or nine now, and they're just the really nice things to just have on in the background when you're not really concentrating on anything. Where you put like twenty quid in, and then just spin away to see if you can either get your money back or or more than etc. Because it keeps track of your win loss ratio across the ah. amount that you spend. That's just like. Oh, this is nice. So I got the ones that I liked, and then I got some like really fancy ones. And uh, I thought it would just be, you know what it's like when you think, like, I really want to try this and see what it's like. And then you do it for five minutes, and then you're bored, and you wander off and do something else. <laughs> but this, I, I don't know, over the past like three days, I'm like, I can't find anything that I want to play. Oh, I'll just put £20 in the Pac-Man fruit machine and see if I could win it back. A, th- a virtual 20 quid. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's uh, it's all nicely laid out, and it's, uh, it's just the official fruit machines from back in the day that you can just have a piss about. And you can see how much they are robbing bastards. <laughs> the amount of times it'll be like... You've got a, a dice that rolls up to 12. You'll be on 11. It'll say higher or lower, and you go lower, and it'll be 12 every single goddamn time. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, outside that, now I've been addicted to uh, winning fake money. Ah, brilliant stuff. Mm. Techmoan, uh, somebody I think I've mentioned before. I love his channel. Mm. Uh, yeah, he does uh, occasional kind of... Has he done a fruit machine one? Yeah, I think he did one about Lemmy's fruit, Lemmy's fruit machine, because Lemmy oh, right. used to have his own fruit machine. Oh, right. And whenever he went on tour, he would take this fruit machine with him and make sure it was installed in all the dressing rooms where he went. <laughs> uh, and that, that's quite an interesting, uh, quite an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So uh, that's the banter out there. Right? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> mandatory banter done. Mandatory banter. This week's game is Eco on the PlayStation 2. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, that's how you pronounce it. All oh, right. I'll probably slip back into Ico as we go because I've been calling it. <laughs> no, I refuse to call it Eco. All right, we won't we won't call it Eco. We'll call it Ico. <laughs> Eco sounds too much like it's saving the environment. Yes. It's a 2001 3D platformer akin to Prince of Persia or Tomb Raider. Uh, it follows the journey of Eco. He's a small boy with horns who's uh, basically been uh i don't know why i started riffing then because i've got it scripted so let's go back to the script (laughs) so he's a small boy with horns 
and Yorda, uh, a young princess who's attempting to escape a castle ruled by Yorda's evil mother, the Queen. Uh, whilst being primarily a platformer, there are numerous puzzles and battle elements thrown in for good measure. Um, and then although it didn't have great commercial success, it did become a cult classic and is often cited as one of the best games of all time. It heavily influenced others uh, and went on to spawn the spiritual sequel, which is the correct term. Not mm. as, yeah, I completely <laughs> cocked that up on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I, I don't know what it is the other way around. What it fits... Um, it would be... Uh, so a, a prequel is if it comes after... yeah. And it's about the past. So you'd be saying the spiritual... No, you wouldn't. You I would should just, have just said you should Shadow have just, of the... You should have Sha- just said nothing. <laughs> yeah, I should have said nothing. Anyway, so Shadow of the Colossus is the spiritual sequel to Eco. Precursor. Precursor. Spiritual precursor. This is the spiritual... Okay. <laughs> so both games were remastered and released in a bundle for the PS3 in 2001. Uh, there's also a novelization. There's a movie in the works, although that was 2011, so God knows Get what's, out. Going, what's going on with that now. Uh, and the soundtrack is available to buy. Mm. So this is the part where we upset the listeners at home. How did you play this, Dave? Uh, I played it on... Um, well, I actually have the official disc, and I have a PS2, and um, I don't have a CRT monitor. So when... I mean... <laughs> You're kind of using an upscaler to to show it on like a monitor or whatever, and it looks horrible. Mm-hmm. There's no two ways about it. So I just started using an emulator for it, which made it look a lot cleaner. Um, because obviously you can you can upscale the resolution and and everything else. But uh, yeah, use I've got a converter for a PS2 pad um, for USB. So uh, okay, it was as official as possible without it looking ugly as sin um, on this crappy. A HD, <laughs> HDMI conversion thing that I've got, which it's just there's no point in using it. Yeah, I I I played it on RetroArch on my Xbox, and I used upscalers and a widescreen mm. patch for it as well. So it's I've honestly, it. it's the perfect era for doing it in because yeah. it, it it looks the same still. Obviously, the textures and everything are the same, but it's so much cleaner to look at. Yeah. It's just one of those things where, I don't know, if you want to be a purist about it, then that's fine, but uh, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if we get around to talking about graphics at any point then obviously everyone will have to take that with a pinch of salt mm. because we've played it with a, a much nicer looking version of the game yeah well, um, it's basically just the resolution that i um up, upscaled so it yeah uh, it wasn't quite as grainy but again that's because of the uh, the thing that i'm playing it on the which is obviously a uh, HD monitor, whereas mm. if I had a CRT, then I would just play the, the PS2 original. It would have been fine with that. For this episode, we're taking it in turns with our diary entries. Dave being odd. <laughs> Balls. <laughs> <laughs> and me being even. Uh, so let's cut the waffly shit and crack on with Ico. This game makes me feel really stupid. I think it's a combination of things. The controls feel very of their time, partially due to the camera movement, and I'm also just a bit lost at times as to what I should be doing. 
I found a girl stuck in a cage and I was running up and down the stairs looking for a lever that would free her, but it turns out I just missed some ladders on the other side of the castle that led to a ledge above the cage. And then you jump on the cage and the chain snaps? I'm not sure how heavy this kid is, but that's not the solution I expected. Later on, you're locked in a room and there doesn't seem to be anywhere to go and then you push a crate and there's a switch under the crate and that lifts some stairs out of the floor. The problem I'm having with all of this is, I guess, my mind hasn't calibrated to the kind of things I should be looking for yet. It feels a bit Tomb Raider-y and I mostly never played those games because I'm not very good at 3D spatial awareness. Ogarina of Time was an absolutely miserable experience for me, for example, because I spent 90% of my time running around in circles, completely missing things that would be really obvious to somebody else. I'm not sure what causes that, but I do it in real life all the time. I could be sat in front of a luminous yellow warning sign, and if I was specifically looking for it, I'd be looking everywhere apart from the obvious big yellow sign right in front of my face. I got to the first checkpoint, and then I carried on further, and I got up to a section where some bird enemies pop out of the ground and come flying towards you. They nicked off with my girlfriend, and when I tried to attack them, one of them absolutely yeeted me five miles into the distance, and then I died. Then I went so far back in terms of progress checkpoints that... I just had to call it a day at that point. Hard to really give impressions for now, because I've been doing a lot of head-scratching and not a lot of game-playing. But I really like the atmosphere and the mystery and the admittedly very brown and grey architecture. I'm just hoping that I click with the gameplay a bit more as time goes on. Right. It is It is very kind of smudgy and dirty and <laughs> yes. brown, isn't it? Yes. It's all very, very samey. Yeah. They've obviously picked a colour palette and gone... Yeah, let's just let's just stick with that. We've picked the colours now, guys. Let's just get on with making the game. But I wonder if part of that is just to really amp up the isolation aspect of it, because obviously you're just thrown into a dungeon, essentially. Um, it doesn't try to be fancy about it. There's no, like, grand ballrooms with colours everywhere. It is just this horrible, dirty place that yeah, yeah. you've been chucked into. So I can, I can understand it from a design perspective, but... Uh, from the a player perspective, uh, especially now, because obviously it's old now, um, it does. It comes from that era uh, of gaming where everything was brown and grey. Actually, this is a precursor to that. It was more the Xbox 360 era that went down the brown and grey route. Um, so yeah, maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just like, oh god, I've had, I've, I've seen so many versions of brown and grey at this point that going back <laughs> to one is well, a little too much. I, th I think like the games before this would have made big efforts to make every single room look radically different yes. to the room before. Yeah. Uh, whereas in in this, the rooms all look very very similar. Uh, the the layouts of the room are insane. Mm -hmm. Like they they don't make sense half the time. <laughs> no, uh, like brid bridges inside rooms and stuff. So what? Why? Why are these here? No, no discernible ways to get up onto a ledge apart mm. from moving a box yeah. or going through a door or something. So yeah, it's all yeah, it's all very very samey. Mm. Um, but I, but like you, I struggled at the start of the game trying to because I, I, I kept going kept going up and down 
the spiral stairs. staircase, yeah, which takes ages. Oh, it, yeah, and if you and once I'd kind of figured out what I needed to do, I kept missing the jump, mm-hmm. uh, and then it was like, oh, back to the top again, miss yeah. the jump, back to the top again. Once you've kind of done that, and and the the cage breaks and come and smashes on the floor, you're then kind of immediately met with. These kind of shadow monsters. So what happens is throughout the game, these shadow monsters appear. Big shadow appears in the floor and they kind of come out of it. Yeah. And then the idea is they want to grab hold of Yorda and then they try and drag her down into the hole. Um, so you've got two options. You fight them off or you try and drag her out of the hole. The first main section of the game kind of, uh, I suppose, is almost like a, a tutorial because it's got most of the things you need to learn whacked into the first couple of rooms. I would say all of the things you need to learn, really. There's not yeah. much outside climbing, uh, environment puzzles, and really terrible fighting mechanics. Oh, it's great, that. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely love that. Big old stick, let's yeah. just hit everything. Just, just waving it in the air until things go away. <laughs> Wave the big old stick. Yorda, I mean, you don't find out that she's the, the Queen's daughter until kind of you completed a, a section of the game mm-hmm. um but kind of she has a, a a magic power that she can open certain doors yeah uh within within the game um which i didn't clock onto straight away so i was just aimlessly wandering mm-hmm. around the room yeah. no, after yeah, saving her going what do i do now How yeah. do I? and it's not until you get it's not until you get her part of the mechanics is you can either grab her by the hand and drag her like a toddler <laughs> Um, or you can shout Ada to come over to you. Anna! 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 <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over again while she slowly finds a way to you. <laughs> well, uh, my wife and I, like, when she's far away, couldn't couldn't decide whether she was saying bird. I mean, she wasn't saying over this, but we were kind of laughing at the fact that he was going, bird, bird, co- bird, come over here. Uh, or Bert, is it Bert, Bert? Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if he is shouting Yorda. I know, I don't think it's, he is shouting it's, Yorda. It's like two syllables, I'm sure, because it's like, bah, bah, yeah. every time, but it doesn't, I, I mean, I couldn't work out where it was shouting. She seemed to understand that that meant come to me uh, slowly. <laughs> come to me slowly, yeah. yeah. You, you do say something that sounds a bit like bon, bonsoir, which <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. I thought it might have been French, but it isn't. Yes, um, possibly. So you basically get her to come over to you, and then I eventually did that, and completely by fluke, she opened up these wall things, mm. but they're either blue or gold. They're kind of like temple statue yes. things, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And then once you've got her through those temple statues, you go into another room mm. where they, she decides to follow you into that room. Is something else altogether? Yeah, I mean, there's a section right after this because I struggled with that, and then I struggled with the very next puzzle because again, it's not really a puzzle. It's just like a you, I don't know. You've kind of got to experiment with it, but the experimentation didn't feel great. Basically, you you traipse this stupid ghost woman all the way up some stairs and you get to a locked door and the camera is is one of my biggest issues with it but the camera is just focused on this like high up bridge that you're on and there's a locked door there so I left her there and went back and then if you leave her alone the the 
monsters come and try and snap so you've got to run all the way back so then I was like okay well I can't leave her anywhere so I was going wandering all over the place and then I got back to the locked door again after maybe 20 minutes of confusion and moved the camera right and there was like a drop but it was a big drop off this wall I was like there's no way that I can go down that way but by this point I was so bored of running around that I was like right sod it if I die <laughs> I've not really lost any more time than I already have and I jumped off and he's like hits the ground hard you can tell like wow that is the, the limit you can jump and then it's like oh yeah this is what you're supposed to do you're supposed to just take a blind leap of this massive wall and that's a pattern that continues throughout the game yes things where you think oh I'm not going to do that like dropping off ledges mm-hmm. uh, to, to to floors below yeah it makes you second guess what you can and can't do in the game because there's other sections that look similar and you're like okay is this another one where I've got oh no I'm dead and I have to go back 20 <laughs> I was minutes gonna say, yeah, and you've got to go back a lot further back <laughs> hour two so I think I'm enjoying this I didn't get off to the best start. The first kind of puzzle, I suppose, is to free the princess or whatever her name is, Keiko. No, that was a a band from Redditch. Whatever her name is, out of a cage that she's in and then basically get her out of the room. So you're given a stick and then these black monstery things come out of a pit in the floor and they then become a regular occurrence throughout the game. So usually kind of every every kind of two new rooms you go into, a black pit opens, these monster things come out, you kind of have to beat them to death, and you can carry on playing. Which it feels like, it feels like a little bit of a cop-out to extend the playthrough, and they've already become a little bit dull. But anyway, so the first kind of half an hour, three quarters of an hour, I was just trying to get out the first room. So I would beat off the bad guys who were and then get the princess because what you have to do with the princess, whether Dave's explained this already or not, is you can kind of call her and she will follow you or you can grab her by the hand and and kind of drag her along uh, in good Indiana Jones um style so I was taking her up the staircase back up to the the top where I'd originally jumped on her cage to make it fall to the ground and then I was just stuck there for ages then I remember that Dave said I would definitely read the manual before we start playing this so I read the manual and it opened up a whole new world of the game and then it turns out that she can open doors with these particular figures on so that was a, a good length of time wasted so she opened the doors with the figures on and then I've just kind of been playing through as normal really I'm glad I did read the tut- uh, read the manual because it has made the later bits a lot less frustrating there are a few irritating points like the the princess will sometimes happily follow you on top of a block and stand on top if you need her to and then other times she can be a complete pain in the arse and not do what you want her to do and also getting up things like chains is quite difficult because it's difficult to judge where to jump 
as there's not always a shadow. So you can be running around the floor trying to find the exact spot to jump on a chain. But once you've kind of learnt the mechanics of it, it's not it's not really the end of the world. It's just, I suppose, of its era. But it would have been it would have been nice for there to have maybe been a bit more of an obvious shadow for you to stand under to jump up and use things like chains. Other than that, really, not much to um to report. Just gonna play through. I've referred to the shadow monsters there. Mm. Literally every couple of rooms, you get these shadow monsters. Mm -hmm. And as the game progresses, you get more and more of them. But they don't really become any more difficult. No, they're they're just... I think you're probably right in that... Well, I think it's twofold. I think they are there to extend the length of the gameplay because most of my deaths came from them, honestly. Yeah. Because if they hit you a good one and you're next to a, uh, a low-level wall, then you, you're just gone. You're just flying through the air and you're dead. But I think the other the other reason they're there is basically to stop you from leaving Yorda somewhere while you go and do all the stuff you need to do. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's twofold in that respect, but... The, the fight in them just doesn't feel enjoyable, I guess. It's grinding. It's yeah. so boring. It, it, in some locations, they can come out of various kind of mm-hmm. shadow holes in the floor. And usually the first thing you do is you figure out which one is the master one that they're going to drag her back to. Yeah. Uh, and then I always found they went back to the same one every single time. So as long as you go back to that one and yeah. fight them near it, they will all come over to you eventually i'd got to the point where i was literally just controlling one hand hitting punch because <laughs> yeah. they don't go down quickly yeah uh, it's they like don't a number of hits oh but it is just mind-numbingly boring it there's no there's no variation in in kind of battle style or anything it is literally they come up to you you hit them they fall back mm-hmm. same again I, I mean even the the character types themselves there's like there's a big one, yeah. a flying one, mm-hmm. and then a smaller average one. Yeah. Uh, but they can all, I think they can all fly. Um, but the flying one's a bit more obvious, kind of yeah. bat bird kind of character. That was like my main bugbear to start with, was like, just as I was kind of getting into the flow of enjoying it, those bastards would appear. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, I've got to do this again now. And there is one particular section later on in the game where you just get hammered with them. I I would say on the Games Plus side that they are beautifully animated. Oh, they look yeah, they look really nice. Yeah, it's it almost uh, to be honest, the entire game gives off a feeling of Disney's dark era mm-hmm. um, when they were doing uh, in the mid nineties the kind of the the films that they don't want to talk about anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, all of the stuff that was slightly darker in tone but still beautifully animated. It, it it does give off the vibe of a uh, of a, a dark Disney film a lot of the time, uh, especially in the enemies, because they are quite indistinct. They're, they're mysterious. There's no real explanation for them, certainly not at the start of the game, at least. Mm. There's no explanation for what they are or why they want your order. Because the, the game is, is, is basically, there's no narrative throughout. You're just piecing it together. From what yeah. I understand, once you've completed the game once, um, if you play another playthrough all of Yorda's um, discussion is translated so you can see what she's actually saying um, uh, and it, it adds another level to the story of the game 
Um, ah. Because I don't think what she's saying is necessarily... Uh, I think she's basically telling you to stop the entire time from what I understand. Oh. Uh, so uh, that's a really interesting one, but it does require you to play through twice, uh, which again feels like a... I don't know. I don't think it was done just to lengthen the amount of time you would play the game. It does feel like a, it has more impact if the contradictions to what she's saying happen on the mm-hmm. second playthrough. So, because oh, obviously, if you did that on the first playthrough, you wouldn't think anything of it. Like, why am I doing this? If she's doing all these things, so uh, I can understand why they did it that way. But yeah, it's um, it's just one of those things. Like, do do you want to play through it twice? It doesn't feel like the game uh, the game has any anything else to offer outside your first playthrough. That's why people on YouTube can speed run it in such like yes. once you know exactly how to do everything mm-hmm. like you could quite easily just run through it incredibly incredibly quickly yeah i mean i've got a, a run through of it on now that's three and a half hours long and he's cocked up a number of times just in fights and stuff yeah but it's really uh, most of your time is spent trying to work out the puzzles in it yeah. which was where i was having 90 percent of my issues i think i think it says in the manual or something uh, when you go into a room, the camera will point to what need, what you need to do with the puzzle, and it doesn't most of the no, time. No, it you go you, you go in the room, the camera just kind of pans the room, yeah. and, th- and then that's it. I don't. I suppose the point of that is in case you don't think to look around, but yeah, that's bollocks. Yeah, no, it doesn't really give you any hints whatsoever, and I'm just too stupid to understand a lot of the things it's asking me to do. <laughs> Some of them are really obvious. And then other things, uh, which I think I mentioned later, I'm just like, what? How is it? Why? No. Um, <laughs> just like the chain snapping when the kid jumps at it at the start. I was like, yeah, that, that doesn't really make any sense. There's no hints that the chain is about to snap. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no like visual indicator other than there's a girl in a cage hanging from the ceiling. So why? I mean, it just yeah, it's stuff like that. It reminds me of the of the points where I get really frustrated with point and click adventure games, but Unfortunately, this game has also got the 3D traversal angle as well. Yeah. So you're kind of dealing with two foibles. And I think one of the things I found that is, it's become especially relevant to me this week, actually, for a review that I'm putting together. But I think I found the thing that annoys me most in games is inconsistency. Yes. And this game, control wise, uh, has some of the worst inconsistencies. And that's mostly down to the camera, but then even Yorda, uh, as you mentioned there, just sometimes won't do what she's supposed to do. Because <laughs> yeah. there's sections where you have to put your hand down to get her to jump up, and there's a bit where you have to push a box so she can climb on that and then get up. First time I did it, absolutely fine. This, uh, and then I died not long after. And then the second time I came to do it, I, it took me five minutes to coax that <laughs> stupid woman onto a box. I'm just stood on the top of a cliff just going, ah, ah, with my hand out. I just, no, she was having none of it. Um, yeah. So I had to shove her around a bit just to get her to move onto the box. As I was playing along, I was forgetting that she, at some point, is capable of doing things for herself. If you lead her up to somewhere, like via platforms, if you yeah. come back down, she will just instinctively follow you back down. But God forbid she should ever climb anything. Hour three. 
It took me an unnecessary amount of time to figure out how to knock down a bridge. I spent ages trying to jump over a gap, not just failing the jump, but failing to push in the right direction half the time. The game feels so imprecise and clumsy, but not in an endearing way, because every time you die, you have to go back to the last save point, which involves traipsing your stupid ass all the way back again, yanking some ghost woman along with you. I eventually figured out that I just missed a doorway, but while the game is constantly trying to evoke a feeling of isolation and anxiety in me, all I'm feeling is boredom and annoyance. This is weird, because Ico should, in theory, be a game I really like. The atmosphere is great, it's the precursor to Shadow of the Colossus, which I absolutely love. But here's the strange thing, I did play Ico way back when it first came out, and I felt much the same way about it. Over the years, hearing all these good things, I thought, well, I must have gotten all that wrong. Everyone seems to get it, but no, apparently, I just do not get it. The static camera is annoying me, the movement is annoying me, the climbing is annoying me, the checkpoint system is annoying me, the fighting, especially, is a massive pile of shit. I feel bad even saying bad things about the game, which is silly, because it's just my opinion, but I feel bad because I really want to like it. I just want to understand what everyone else is seeing, and so far, all I'm seeing is a browned castle with a stupid ghost in it, and I'm spending 90% of my time trying to work out how the fuck I can knock down a bridge. There was something that irritated me which I'm not sure if I'm, I mention it here, any of my diary entries, mm. is when you're trying to figure out how to do a puzzle, for you to kind of wander wildly off track yep. and end up trying to complete a puzzle from far, far later in the game, <laughs> not not realising that a specific order, I suppose, yeah. um, I think it gives you a little bit too much freedom mm, perhaps. in that way. There was one bit where I came out of the castle and there was some pillars with blocks. And I spent ages thinking, okay, if I jump off here or if I grab the rope, then I can pull the drawbridge down. Yes. And although I was kind of on the right track, it just wasn't the right point yeah. for me. Oh, that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was firing ahead. And then obviously you get too far ahead and then you hear her bloody scream. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, where have I come from? And then you need to then find your way back. Mm -hmm. And then kind of like 99% of the time, she's she's gone anyway. Yeah, yeah. That, that bridge one did my head in because you basically, you you come, you do some puzzles to get there, obviously. And then you, you come into this room with this massive bridge and on the ceiling, there's a chandelier. And I eventually found my way up to the chandelier. I was like, all right, cool. So I drop down at the chandelier. The chandelier smashes into the bridge. And then the bridge doesn't fall. It just cracks a column. So I was like, okay, I need to get to the column on that bridge. But there's a big gap in the floor between where that column is and where I can get to. So I spent ages like trying to climb along the sides, trying to jump from certain areas, trying to jump down from the top. Over and over, I literally spent about 45 minutes just trying to work it out. And then I gave up and thought, have I missed something a bit further back? Just went out of that room and noticed a set of stairs leading down to the other side. I was like, where in, in, in that room, I was beneath the bridge and there just so happened to be some TNT just sat next to the bridge's column. Oh, that's handy, isn't it? Um, 
so yeah, I was just like, oh god. So yeah, I got past that bit and then got onto the the bridge section. I was just oh. the thing is when you spend like forty five minutes trying to solve a puzzle and the solution doesn't satisfy because you just weren't in the right area. Yeah, no, or it wasn't entirely obvious yeah. what what it is you're supposed to be doing. I, I don't get any endorphin rush from it. I'm like, yes, I worked <laughs> it out of my own volition. It's just, oh, I wasn't in the right place to do the thing it wanted me to do. And that that's that's it. I did that puzzle in the opposite order to you. Uh, okay. So I found the room with the TNT first, yes. but... I didn't know what it was to start with, and because I hadn't already cracked the bridge, yeah. I couldn't then carry on. Yes, because you need to get the fire off the candle with your stick. That's to right. Like the the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. So so I was there for ages, going, "Well, this should work. Surely this is this." Uh, and I was walking backwards and forwards, uh, and then I was like, "Okay, well, I'll go. I'll go. And tr- I'll go back through the other door." And then eventually I was like, oh, right, okay. But like you say, it's you get so frustrated that you don't get any pleasure no. at all from completing it. You just kind of, you're just screaming kind of fucking yeah. <laughs> at, the, I mean, at the puzzle. If you think about the logic in this, because essentially you need to bring that bridge down simply because Yoda will refuse to climb anything. And it's basically so you can get to the other section. So if we did it your way and you go into that, that bottom room first... And you come across um, the bomb, and you put it next to the uh, the column. Then you'd be like, okay, so I need. I mean, I guess maybe I need fire to do this. So you'd be looking around that room, and there are some torches on the wall. So you'd be like, okay, I wonder if I can try and jump up there to get them. And, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and try and like that. So you're thinking that, but then you go the other way, and then you're like, okay, well, there's no fire here either, and it's only after climbing up onto the rafters then jumping on a chandelier that the chandelier falls down onto that bottom floor so then you can go back down that none of that sequentially makes a, a, a lot of sense that's that's yeah. leap of faith thinking more than anything else like it is just ma- it's massively convoluted yeah because the the room with the tnt in was there a candle outside and i kept oh yeah there's, mul- there's multiple candles just lining the wall but you can't do anything with them I'm sure there was one directly outside that you could light, but then when you came into the room, it instantly burnt out. Oh, right, okay. I, I, but either way, it was disgustingly irritating. <laughs> M- much like trying to get her to sit down when you want to save. You just go and sit on the sofa and go, ah, ah, <laughs> yeah. Until she and she just up. so so to be able to save, there's like this concrete sofa, <laughs> concrete stone sofa yeah. that you sit down on. And it doesn't save until she comes and sits next to you. But you can happily go and sit on the sofa and she will prick about in front of the sofa for, for ages. And you're kind of going, and she just like look at you and then keep running backwards and forwards. And then you have to kind of stand up, drag her to sit down. If social service had been watching you play this game. She's got very bruised wrists at this point. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. That's that's the real reason the shadow monsters are trying to get you. It is social services. It really is. It. Uh, alleg- allegory for wife beating, is that right, the right term? The, the safe points are really strange because they're either too close together yep. or too far apart. Yep. 
Yes, like you'll go through some absolutely treacherous terrain for an hour and you'll find one. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, you'll find another one after you've just solved a basic puzzle. It's like, yeah, what? Why? It, Why have you done yeah. this? There's one bit where you've got a save point and then you kind of drop down, walk along like a, a, a rail track. Yeah. And then drop down again and there's yeah. another save point. Yes, and I'm a bit just like, after it. Yeah, what 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 was the point in that? Yeah, there's a few. It reminds me a bit of not just Dark Souls in general, but it feels like it it was gonna go in the direction of like a um, Metroidvania style game where it would loop back in on itself, and you would solve different puzzles within the area to try and get through. But then almost like they gave up on that. But the save points are still in the place where they would have been if that was the idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's a it's an odd one. I just genuinely don't understand why they've gone that route with the save points because it is massively frustrating when you get to 90% of something die and just have to do it again because one as we've already explained the fighting isn't fun and two solving puzzles you've already solved is never entertaining (laughs) so it's a bit of a double whammy on that one I think especially when they throw fighting in the middle because that that section that we were talking about with the bridge I'm sure there's like two or three points where you're mm. trying to figure it out where you've got to fight the shadow monsters. I think it's things. just after that all the shadow monsters come. That's it. And it's like, oh. And there's a lot of them. So probably combined an hour of this, potentially more, has been spent fighting the shadowy things that come out the ground portals. There's... One section where you have to get Yorda, or whatever her name is, to some doors that she can open, and that opens out into the exit gates, the main gates for the castle. So I spent quite a while trying to do that, and then realised I don't think they are going to go. So I just let her die and then tried again I mean this is after ages and ages of of trying to just beat them off and I eventually just grabbed her hand and then just ran to the door and then she opened it and they all died so that was a bit frustrating then through that door you then meet allegedly her mother there's a quick puzzle there's another quick puzzle Uh, there's a succession of little puzzles until you get to a graveyard and then the graveyard there's a load more shadowy people that you have to kill then a puzzle then a load of shadowy people then a puzzle then a load of shadowy people until you get out to a windmill but these shadowy killy people sections are so boring and long-winded and repetitive and without them, I think the game would probably be half the length. I know it's the difficulty is amping up every single time you get them. You either get more portals or you get more enemies coming at you. But my God, it's frustrating and boring. Which is a shame because the other sections, the, the puzzly bits, I'm actually quite enjoying. I, I took a while to get hold of, uh, get hang of the controls. But now I think I've got hold of them it's made it all a lot more straightforward. She's very irritating because she has a habit of standing in the areas you don't want her to be in 
if you put her on something to help with a puzzle, she'll sometimes follow you. She takes forever to sit down on the sofa when you want to save. She's just generally a nuisance. And then the sections where you're fighting the, the shadow monster things, like holding a hand and then not holding a hand and holding a hand, it just seems to happen randomly. I mean, I'll press R1 to grab a hand and then start running off and she's not holding my hand. But then I swear other times she's just she just starts holding my hand. It's just a bit, bit frustrating. But um, four hours in, I know Dave said it takes six hours to complete. I don't feel like I'm reaching any kind of conclusion in the game as I, I, I think the meeting her mum, if it is a mum, bit was kind of saying, well, that's the first intro part of the game over with. Now here's the rest of the proper game. But we'll see. So, really like the visuals, although I am playing a widescreen optimised version on an emulator. But, uh, yeah, it looks really nice. Not much in the way of sound, really. But that's... That's quite good because it, it's quite atmospheric. The only real sound is when you're fighting the shadow people and you get this ominous kind of noise. Apart from those fights, it's not like I'm dreading the next few hours. I'm quite looking forward to it. So that's good. Sounds like I'm recording in a jungle. <laughs> I also like the... Uh, I hate everything about this, but I'm quite looking forward to carrying on. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you know the section I mean in the graveyard? Um, I'll tell you what. Before I answer that, play my next diary entry. Hour Well, that was fun. What fun. What fun and joy. Oh, la-di-da. I am so happy. So it's been a while since I last played, and when I came to boot up the game... My save file had corrupted. Just dead. No save for me. So I thought, okay, well this could be a good experiment at least. Let's go through the areas I've already been through now that I have a basic grasp of what's going on and how it plays. Maybe I'm just getting annoyed at the game because I'm getting stuck on puzzles and I'm slowing the game down. Maybe that's my issue. No, it's not my issue. The entire game is my issue. Why can't I enjoy this? I'm so disappointed, not just in the game, but in myself, and also everyone listening to this, but especially Stu, but only if he's not enjoying the game. I want to hear him saying all the nice things about the game that I apparently can't see. Stu, if you're enjoying the game, I'm very happy, but if you're as annoyed as I am, then I'm afraid you're fired. That's just how these things are. Check your contract. <laughs> that's kind of confusing because I said that I like and dislike in equal portions so yes. well I think you're that? on thin ice Sonny Jim <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I uh, came to I hadn't played it for a while because uh, obviously a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on in life uh, came back to play it and uh, the save file just wouldn't load just straight up refused it just kept saying corrupted save file so I was like, okay. So um, again, much like this video that I'm watching, I thought, well, no, you know, I know what I'm doing now. So maybe if I can get through all of the bits I don't like, uh, because as much as some of the puzzles are frustrating, some of them are really well done. I, I like the traversal and stuff when it makes it a bit more obvious as to what you're supposed to be doing, but the fighting and stuff, again, it annoyed me so much. I was still dying. I was still going back. 
a thousand hours in checkpoints whenever I died, and I was I, I was just incredibly frustrated. So uh, I mean, from that alone, I, I didn't get much farther than the gate that you come across with the mum. Yeah. Um. That's that's roughly as far as I got. <laughs> so, so there you go. You chip balls. Yeah. So when you were fighting the shadow monsters, were they mm-hmm. actually killing you? Yes, because I, somehow I would always end up getting one punched, and I would get knocked off uh, just by pure chance. I would get knocked oh, off, off an edge. Yes. Oh, and I, right. I would okay. just go flying and instantly die. If I was in a room with them, uh, then no, I had no issues because, as you say, you just stand near where the portal is and you're fine. Um, it was the the one. I think it's like the second or third fight that you come up against, and it's on. Like you climb up a bit and then yeah, yeah. down a bit, and it's right. The amount of times I died on that bit is unfathomable. It really just ground me down how much. And I don't know if it's because I was trying to employ some other tactics where there is none. I don't know. I, yeah, don't, I don't know why I was struggling so much with it. Some but. muscle memory from a different game. Yes, but I think it was coupled with the fact that I just, even after this many hours, still couldn't get used to the direction. That I was moving with the analog stick because the camera would swivel at certain yep. points. I was just, it just infuriated me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Binny. I know you chose this game, but <laughs> I have I have set fire to it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so tell me some nice things about the game, Stu. All right. Okay. Well, um, oh, um. My diary entry started to go a bit more downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 was, I was genuinely enjoying it up to this point. Like yeah. um, a, a couple of Saturday mornings in a row, I specifically got up a bit earlier and, and just sat and played through it for a couple of hours. There is an oddly therapeutic feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, can't, I can't quite put my finger on it. I enjoy just kind of doing the wandering around bits and the solving the puzzle bits, but yes. that's because the one thing the podcast has kind of taught everybody up to now is that I like things with puzzles in. Yes, I thought you. I genuinely thought you would have really, really enjoyed this, just yeah. based on on what you like in general. And and the, the puzzles and the puzzle sections really, really enjoyed it. Um, but she's just such a massive cock. <laughs> It got on my nerves because she just wasn't doing what I wanted her yes. to, and the the shadow monsters were just an annoyance. Funnily enough, because I'm just watching the playthrough, this exact section that I'm watching now, you go through an abs- a huge puzzle um, to get to the other side of a big chasm, and then as soon as you get to the other side loads of shadow monsters come and take her the other side so that you've got to get all the way back again to pick her up it's it, and it's sections like that that really got on my nerves yeah um and and bits of the game where you're lulled into feeling like you're doing the right thing that you're completing the right part of a puzzle mm-hmm. and then you suddenly realize you're not yeah um so yeah and the the controls just oh, the controls are just horrific, and I know it's of an age, but I, I, as I say, I used to own it back when it first came out. Cause somebody, somebody at work was really bigging it up. He was a pretentious cock, but um, <laughs> he was saying it was really good, <laughs> and uh, so I bought it, and I probably got roughly to where uh, I got through by this hour, 
uh, when I first played it, and and yeah, I felt exactly the same about it. It and it's so odd because Shadow of the Colossus gets a lot of flack for a lot of very similar things, like long periods of nothing happening and um, slightly awkward controls and this that, and the other. But I don't know. For me, that game just worked in in the way it did stuff. It didn't lure me into trying to do things that I shouldn't have been doing the experimentation felt fun um even when i was getting it wrong it was, it was more of a eureka thing rather than a oh, oh okay <laughs> right that yeah that kind of feeling so uh, yeah it's it's weird and i i can i can see what people see in it but i i just can't i just can't gel with it hour <laughs> six end of hour six horrendously irritating first half an hour or so half an hour three quarters of an hour there was a um a windmill uh which was an absolute bitch to do so you're supposed to climb the windmill and then jump onto the uh blades are they called blades turbine no what are they called i don't know and then as it turns you jump off at the top seems really really simple but I just could not do it. I managed to jump onto the actual uh, windmill blades fine. But then when I got to the top, for some reason I couldn't, I find it really hard to jump back. So I just kept falling off. So I had a quick look online um, and everyone seems to be, seemed to be having the same issue. But they were mainly having issues with jumping on to the, the, the blade initially. I thought, well, I'm not having any issues with this. Um, also, interestingly, um, I must be playing the American version because the English one has a slightly different way of getting to the top of the windmill. So the English version seems to differ from the American one because there's a slightly different way to climb up the windmill. But either way, once you get to the top, people were saying how they were having trouble jumping onto the blades in the first place. So the minute I read that, I then somehow found it impossible to jump on the blades. Um, I eventually got round it and jumped off and that was all good. And then it was just more of the same, more running around, getting Yodra or whatever her name is to follow you, fight off more kind of shadowy demon things uh, and more puzzles really. I've just got a sword by completing a uh like a f fire puzzle by lighting different torches and that's it i'm still enjoying it um i just kind of i had to think before starting recording like am i enjoying this or not but I th yeah i think i am um there's there's just a couple of bits which are extremely frustrating and i think that's a control issue and the the shadowy beast things are just a little bit too frequent um, so I am trying to keep her by my side as often as I can, but the, those those fights are just utterly pointless because it's pretty impossible for you to lose. What you, so why even bother? Either make her more difficult and you can die, or something else, or make her go down the portal shadow thing quicker. Um, but yeah. Cool. 
Okay, I've got a question for you, Stu. Go on. If you could choose one of the following two options, which would you go for? Either remove the fights or remove Yorda. Uh, remove her. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see it. <laughs> I I think I would remove the fights. Uh, I mean, Yorda's annoying. Oh, hang on. No, yes. Yeah, remove the <laughs> remove the fights because in my head I was thinking, oh well, I prefer doing the puzzle bits, but if I take the fights, it's a big big old puzzle. Oh fuck it, I'm in it. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. One. I'll, I'll cut it. Ask me again. <laughs> Never. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's my that was my biggest issue with it. I, like as I say, some of the the puzzles I just don't I don't gel with, but uh, certain ones just worked. And obviously, trying to get her to jump over sections and you grab a hand and bring her up etc um they're really nicely done uh so as i said like the bridge puzzle and stuff like that now that can get in the bin but uh there's not one of the fights where i thought you know what that was a great fight <laughs> uh, i hated every single one of them and uh i sometimes wish i'd never been born while playing them <laughs> uh, so, yeah. i'd got rsi after the fights <laughs> do you think it would work without um both so obviously you'd have to get rid of certain puzzles where yorda's involved but is she pivotal to how the game feels atmospherically Story-wise, etc., or is she, is she just a nuisance? Yeah, but without her, I mean, a bit later on in the game, uh, there's quite a few puzzle sections where you can get to sections quite easily because they've been able to jump a bit higher, right? And do and do and climb things and go on chains and stuff, okay. which she can't. So it does involve you kind of going to other bits of the castle opening up doors and pushing things so that she can then get through different doors so i think if you took her out you would greatly shorten the the length of the game because so it starts off more about you completing the puzzles and then you bringing her along and then it becomes more about you having to make way for her to be able to then bring her on to the next section of the game okay so i so i think if you took her away you would be reducing it quite significantly right no that's a bad thing because it yeah, yeah. get it over with a lot quicker <laughs> <laughs> even though you like the game or you think you like the game you're not sure <laughs> i just can't make my mind up it's a it's it's an it's an odd one there is there's there's a lot to like but there's a lot to hate as yeah. well there's a lot of things in it where i think i've given it the benefit of the doubt on like oh well you know it was made at this particular time and blah 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 but I've played other games from this particular period of time that do the things I don't like better. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm guessing that the love that the game has is ninety percent the uh, the setting, the atmosphere, the story, mm. and not how it feels to play. That's a, that could that's only my guess, but yeah, because the first Tomb Raider was on the original PlayStation, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. And what about Uncharted? Was that on? That was PS3. So that that was the generation oh, after. Well, oh, oh, right. Okay. For some reason, I thought that, that was earlier. No, but I mean the whole 3D traversal thing. It's it's been bettered yeah. elsewhere. So it can't be that. It must be 
the the, the just the setting and the atmosphere because I guess if you think of the landscape of gaming back in the PS2 era um well I mean there was a lot of experimentation going on it certainly wasn't like what gaming is now where the AAAs are just doing what the AAAs do where they bring out a new release of a game that they've been doing for the past 90,000 years um mm. every year because on I mean PS2 you had such a a weird array of stuff that probably should never have existed <laughs> is the only way I can think <laughs> of it. Because you had your really obvious stuff like uh, Tiger Woods and FIFA and everything else. And you had your big hitters like the Grand Theft Auto series, again, yeah. which were really good on the system. But then you had very oddball things like Hurdy Gurdy, uh, Ico. Uh, I'm just having a look at the, the games that I've got. Oh, Gregory Horror Show and stuff like this that were coming out. Uh, Disgaea series started PS2. Medieval? Oh, yes, that was PS1. Um, yeah. But yeah, that PS1, PS2 era it was so experimental in what it was doing. I guess Ico has just fallen into that lot of... It is quite experimental. It doesn't necessarily do things the way everything else does. And I respect that. But gameplay-wise, I, yeah, I just... I can't... I don't respect it. <laughs> I guess is <laughs> the only way to put it. I, 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 re I respectfully hate it. <laughs> I, re I genuinely yeah. respect what it tries to do. Uh, it just doesn't feel... Uh, it's one of those things, if it doesn't feel right in the hands, then uh, it doesn't matter It doesn't matter how interesting or off-the-cuff or different it was, even in the era it came in, then it's, an, it's not a game I enjoy. I think I, I would like to try Shadow of the Colossus mm. because, like I said, if it does this, but, well, it, it, it could be something that I could really love yeah i mean i i think it does personally it's it takes that concept of exploring something massive and this isolated world and this strange almost silent tale uh and it morphs it by making the massive levels you're exploring the enemies that you're fighting so all mm -hmm. of the the climbing and everything else that you're doing those are the enemy you have to climb up the enemies um, to find to get to their weak point and and stab them. That that is the puzzle of how do I destroy uh, this, right. this enemy? Um, so it plays almost exactly the same, uh, and, and the combat isn't really combat. You're you're basically getting to a weak point, and then stabbing the the enemy in the weak point. So there's none of the just jabbing things. Um, I think you hold down, if I remember rightly, you hold down the the attack button and then let go to stab in. So the longer you hold it, the better. But you're also you've got to deal with your grip on the monster at the same time. So you're balancing. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, you're balancing a couple of things. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'll happily say that the Shadow of the Colossus is the only game where uh, I think I've ever played where the ending brought tears to my eyes. Uh, it was that that much of an impact from it, and I think it's one of the other reasons why I'm so disappointed that I just don't like Ico, <laughs> because the ending of Shadow of the Colossus has a lot to do with Ico and the story of Ico. Oh and right! 
I, I, it's 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 very odd. It's very odd that there's no there's no love there. I guess for this original because I loved Shadow of the Colossus so much. So yeah, it's a strange one for me. It's one of these like I really wish I liked this. It would be so perfect if I liked this, but I can't. I can't just I can't just say oh yeah yeah it's good. I mean I hated it, but it's good. Um, it's uh, it's got so many flaws that I can't get past. I think. That's my issue. I don't know what's coming up in your hours, but um, did you play the PS3 remaster? No, but I guess uh, playing PS2 and emulation, roughly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> because the PS3 remasters, I think, are just like resolution upgrades, and I'm, I'm not sure if they updated anything else. Oh, it's just a straight... Just okay. a port, isn't it? Yeah. Our eight. End of our eight. <laughs> Nothing really changes. It's more of the same, running around, dragging her because she doesn't follow you into rooms correctly and fighting off the shadowy, monstery things that appear every so often and walking and climbing and... Uh, once I'm like... Oh, I can't... I, oh, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm enjoying this or not. I, it's... It's got quite boring now, so unless something radical happens to up the uh, the ante in the last two hours, I don't really know how I'm going to feel about it. Oh, it's strange. Like the the last few sessions I did, uh, pretty much back to back, I think, um, and I finished with a kind of feeling of accomplishment. And this two hours has just been like walking backwards and forwards and retracing your footsteps. I died a couple of times um, and it set me back quite a way. There's quite a big gap between two save points and that's it. Uh, I, I can't I can't really even kind of explain where I am because like if I said... Well, I had to climb a rope and then go up a wall and then jump and then go down and pull a block. That could be literally any point in the whole game, up to, up to here. So, well, we are where we are, I suppose. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I am starting to... <clears throat> it is starting to grate mm-hmm. on me a little bit now by, yeah. by this point. And again, that's not something... We're talking about a different game, I know, but it is technically the sequel to this game. Never felt that once in Shadow of the Colossus. Every time you came, you went out hunting for the next monster, it was really memorable. Whereas each section of this castle, from what I've played, even what I've seen, because I've been watching this playthrough, um, who's now way further than I was, I was just like, this is just the same... Thing happening. <laughs> I mean, it looks the same. It smells I'm the same. I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> I did find it interesting that they they changed the puzzles between the different regions, which mm. I don't. I don't know why. Yeah, no, neither do I. I. It's literally just like moving a block here or there. It just makes zero sense why they would go through the effort of changing it for regions. It's not. Like it makes it any more easier or, or difficult. They've just no, no. Move, move shit around. 
I'm I'm genuinely running out of things to say by this point. Well, I've got I've got a, a get out of jail free card here, Stu. Let's see, let's see what you make of these. I brought up Metacritic. I'm going to read you a couple of the bad reviews. <laughs> a couple of the good, I want to see which ones you you align with more than anything else. So uh, let's take two of the bad reviews. Uh, Steve C says very pretty and innovative but there's just not enough to do, and the problem-solving is too straightforward. I'm not sure about that. I usually love aesthetically-oriented titles, such as Res or Shadow of the Colossus, but there isn't enough in the game to hold me. Yeah, I think that's that's fairly... So 4 out of 10 you gave it, which... What? I don't know, I'd, I'd maybe... 4 out of 10? Yeah. Why would you... I, mean, I don't... Uh, I think I don't... it needs to be a 5. <laughs> It's, uh, what? Uh, um, yeah, I agree. Like, but like you say, the the puzzles aren't always that straightforward. No, um, they they can be quite difficult. And I think I mentioned in the next one that there was quite a big game breaking bug that right, I, came, okay. I, I came across while trying to do a puzzle. Um, and other times you can do things where you think you're on the right lines. You can be completely, completely off. What's the next review? <laughs> Mike C says, Good Lord, what a dull game. It's as though some Latvian programmer played Myst about 30 times and decided that everyone in the world needed to experience his own particular peculiar <laughs> fantasy universe. Newsflash to Latvia, gamers want to do something in the pretty fantasy palace, not merely walk around, pant and stumble into lame puzzles. <laughs> it's astonishing how this ever got released. Do yourself a favour. Do anything else but play this game. Hitting yourself in the head with a mallet softly and repeatedly will produce the same effect as playing Ico, but is likely to be cheaper and more interesting for your friends to watch. <laughs> two out of ten there from Mike C. Yeah, uh, well, I'm surprised he gave it two, to be honest <laughs> no, with you. Yeah, Simi, yeah? He just called it the worst game ever made, but he said, well, it's not, it's not a one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But Mist was kind of... That was Boring. much more story-driven... <laughs> I don't. I don't really remember much of Mist, other than getting to the first puzzle and not being able to do it uh, when I was about eleven or twelve or something. It, it, it followed all of those puzzle games of that era, like Seventh Guest and stuff yes. like that. Where it's... I, I, it was always the game that Mac owners had because it was the only thing that ran on a Mac. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was just. Oh yeah, have you got a Mac? Yeah, what games you got? Uh, Mist. Mist. <laughs> that's that's about it. On oh, no, Marathon as well is the other one. Um, good reviews then, Stu. Oh, this one sums it up quite nicely. Uh, this is Twin2712. Give it a 9 out of 10. It says, clever puzzles and world design. The relationship between the characters is a plus. Move, move, sorry, I just burped in the middle of that sentence. <laughs> Moving and engaging story told in very few cutscenes. But the bad things were it was short is frustrating AI and repetitive combat, which is pretty. I mean, we should have got him on. <laughs> yeah, we should, yeah, we should have just read that and then left it there. Could have saved everyone hours. <laughs> um, and one more, then. Okay, I'm just trying to find a good one. I want some some hyperbole. Oh, here we go. Here we go. S I W says one of the best looking, most atmospheric games ever. Really damn clever and fresh. Don't even consider touching it if Devil May Cry is your cup of tea. There is no shooting, guns, masses of crazy monsters, etc. It's a puzzler. So if you like Devil May Cry, Fuck you now. do not play Ico, apparently. 
There you go. I've never had that. I think I've ever played Devil May Cry. To be fair, I have played Devil May Cry, and I like it more than I So he could be onto something. Who was it who wrote the Devil May Cry games? Who wrote some decent films and TV shows as well? Uh, Christopher Nolan. No, <laughs> you've plucked that out there. Oh, I was just hoping you'd buy it. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't know. I would like to see somebody do a version of this game. Uh, where they do a complete graphic swap, exactly the same game, but it's set in uh, Weatherspoons. Uh, he's uh, a skinhead called Tony, uh, covered in tattoos, like Ben Sherman done up to the neck. Nice. And she's some bleach blonde cr- crackhead <laughs> who's just stumbling around aimlessly. Is this game called Chavco? <laughs> Chavco, yeah, there we go. I think I think that'd be good. Be much more interesting. And the uh, the shadow monsters are bouncers who are trying to pull you out of the pub. And instead of hitting things with a stick, you've got guns like a devil may cry. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. You've got you've got lovely luscious locks. I can't remember what what is it. What's he called? The guy in Devil May Cry. Dante. Dante. That's the one. Yeah. 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 That's that's exactly what what Ico should be. <laughs> All right, Dave. <laughs> Captain Sarcastic. Let me just have a look see. No, I was being sincere. <laughs> Devil May Cry. What, who did the Devil May Cry things? Uh, I hope it's Christopher Nolan. Oh, you tart. I didn't realise there was a, a Devil May Cry anime who I'm imagining. Oh. The person who did, who did the anime did something else. You idiot. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Where have I plucked this from? I don't know. Oh, I wondered what you were on about. Right. You or me? Uh, let's let's play mine. So I basically merged all of my final hours into one wholesome piece of diary entry. Ten hour timestamp. I decided to just bung all these hours into one final bit rather than do two more entries because I can't really give much more detail in two hours than I could in one hour. I dropped Ico. I just wasn't having any fun with it, and that could just be because I've had a difficult month personally, and the thought of putting five more hours into something I wasn't enjoying was just too much. So I decided to check out the other game on the roster, the B-side, so to speak, Urban Rain. This is the sort of game I would have seen on the shelf back in the PS2 era and just thought, nah, that looks shit. The game itself is a weird hybrid of a beat-em-up, an arena-based combat game, and a technical fighter. And I have to say, I fucking love it. I've had so much fun playing this game, but as I don't know if Stu has played it as well, I don't want to talk about it too much here. I can get into the details on the podcast itself, but if you'd ask me the question, which is better, Ico or Urban Rain, having previously never played either, I would have gone with Ico, just from the look of it. I will now stick my flag in the sand and say that Urban Rain may actually be one of the best games of its type on the PS2. I'm genuinely shocked at how crunchy and responsive it is. If Ico had borrowed the fighting mechanic from Urban Rain instead of making me hit shadows with a stick made out of feathers, who knows? I may well have enjoyed myself more. Sorry, Ico, I did you dirty on this one, but Urban Rain won out. Well, I guess that's what you were going to do, but I'm slightly, ever so slightly irritated because I really wanted to play Urban Rain. Yes. And I kind of, I kind of wish at this point I'd just ditched, <laughs> just switched I, over entirely, and give it, give it a go. 
Yes. Well, I mean, I wasn't expecting anything of it, I guess. Maybe that that's also the issue as well. Ico's been so bigged up now that you expect amazing things. Yeah. Urban Rain, uh, I have not really heard anything about, I've got to be honest. Uh, and it looks so generic. It, I mean, there's nothing artsy about it. There's it looks nothing... like one of the Def Jam games, which yes. immediately <laughs> sprang to mind. When I it saw looks. It. it looks like a really shit rip off of Street uh, Streets of Rage or something. It just. I mean, it, there's nothing I can say about it artistically. It'd be like saying that Fast and the Furious is an art house film. It, it's just <laughs> so basic in terms of its presentation and gameplay but you know i just needed it after yeah <laughs> after the the couple of months that i've had and, and even thinking about going back to ico again i was like you know what fuck it i'm gonna try this and i put on for an hour and i was like okay yeah this seems all right and then like the more got it just kept adding like more and more mechanics on so it's like it's a really technical game it reminds me of wrestling games more than anything else um, but faster and uh, grittier, I guess, is the best way to describe it, because it all takes place in like warehouses mm-hmm. and streets, and you're just beating up thugs. But essentially, um, you've got your attack... Uh, you, you press a direction and the attack, so down an attack will do like a leg sweep, and up an attack will do a higher mm-hmm. attack. But you're in a 3D space as well, so you, you're kind of trying to manage all of that. And you've got grapples, you've got a dodge where you press... These uh, you press square just as they're hitting you, and you'll dodge out the way, and and you can do a direction and dodge and stuff. like. There's so many layers that it adds onto this, and then it'll just throw in more enemies for you to deal with. So you then you you're doing the whole trying to get enemies in one space, so you can hit them yeah, all at the yeah. same time, and you start getting weapons from it. Then you start getting partners that you can team up oh. with to, to fight things up. It's uh, it's really impressive, and it's also not impressive. It's 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 really dumb fun that's also quite complicated mm-hmm. but there is no way we would have been able to talk about it for 10 hours <laughs> because there is literally nothing to it story wise I think I ended up after about three missions just skipping through it because it was just bollocks the uh, the cutscenes were just sort of generic um, very of their time urban stuff where literally every black guy talks like he's just got an album coming out uh it, it, like and there is no black person in the entire game that it's just talks like a normal person they're all like yo 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 what up do and it's just it's ever so slightly cringy but that you are a white man a white man going around beating up a lot of black people who are speaking ghetto language um and there's just a, there's just nobody normal in the entire game. Everyone is a stereotype. Uh, it, 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 I don't know. It's it is essentially the exact opposite of Ico <laughs> in every way possible. There is uh, there is nothing nothing you can really say about the game other than it's fun. You should give it a try. <laughs> Yeah, so it's not quite a button masher because there's there is no. an element of skill to it. No, you will just have your ass handed to you because you'll just get surrounded by people. Um, it, it's just it's just I, I just didn't expect the amount of technical gameplay uh, in there, um, like the dodging and and blocking and 
everything is timing based almost but also position based because you're trying to get especially when there's like three people trying to beat you up trying to corral them into one area um there's a juggling involved which again i didn't expect because it looks like it's trying to be quite realistic but it's just over the top (laughs) where you punch someone in the air and then you're just continuously punching them while they're in the air um i mean the i mean the main guy is called brad and I think I got up to a guy called Napalm99, I think oh. he was called. Um, again, big black guy. That's good. Uh, so it because, sounds like a rapper name. <laughs> yeah, because the game is incredibly racist. Mm. But uh, no, I mean, if you're going to be racist, you might as well be fun while you're doing it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I, I highly recommend checking out Urban Rain. Uh, I'm sure all of this has pleased Primo Karma very much. I noticed he was angry on Twitter because he didn't think that uh, it was going to get spoken about. But uh, yeah, I have played it, Primo Karma, and uh, I I thank you for giving me an out on the <laughs> I needed it more than you'll ever know. What did you think of Urban Rain, Stu? Uh... It's a big mess. Oh God, I, I don't know. It is. It, it just sounds like up, up my my street because I I love kind of arcade brawlers and and, and mm. stuff like that. They're like they're you know adventure puzzle games. Arcade brawlers are probably my two favourite kind of genres of of gaming. Yeah. Really. So yeah, you probably would have loved it, Stu. Yeah. You bastard. <laughs> As long as like suddenly a big block doesn't have to appear that you have to push and then <laughs> jump on a chain to get through it and drag a woman in the whole process. I did think though, if they had introduced these fighting mechanics into Ico, I would I really would have enjoyed it a hell of a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have mind going through all those fights over and over again if there was something to them. But uh yeah. Well the fights do improve a little bit once you get the sword. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I didn't get that far. Hour 10. End of hour 10, more of the same. Once you know what you're doing, it's literally just walking from one room to another, doing a puzzle, which usually involves you climbing up something, you breaking, burning, dropping something, and then moving on to the next room where those shadowy people appear. You fight them off and you go on to the next puzzle. So... I did this over and over again for a while, and I get into that point after after about an hour. I think, oh yeah, I am. In, I'm playing this in two hour chunks, by the way. After about an hour, I think, oh yeah, I'm really enjoying this. And then something will happen. Um, so in this gameplay, I had a glitch where I got to a point where I had to push. Um, the the actual puzzle was I had to push a block into the water to then uh, basically. Um, use later on well obviously the first time I got to it I wasn't aware that I had to do that so I pulled the block and as I was pulling the block it just disappeared and lodged itself into the floor and then reappeared floating halfway above the water so I then had to kind of quit and redo that whole section over again which was a bit crap and then the next section that I got stuck on, I was um, there was a section where you have to throw a lit bomb onto like a wooden structure 
to, to blow it up. Now, initially, I got to this section and thought, okay, I've got bombs. I need to light the bombs and put them somewhere. And then I thought, okay, may, maybe not. Maybe I need to set fire to the structure and the bombs are used later. And after about 20 minutes of kind of experimenting, I thought, you know, it's coming into my last hour. I'm going I'm to look at a um, look at a walkthrough. So I looked at the walkthrough and in the walkthrough, uh, and by the way, I, I didn't realise this, but having skipped through the walkthrough, there's a lot of points in there in the I'm playing the American version of the game where it, diff it differs from the English version of the game. So some of the puzzles are not massively different, but they're quite different. And the, the American version actually seems a bit easier than the, um, than the British or European one. Um, but, but anyway, I had absolutely zero idea that you could light the bombs and then throw them. At no point in the game had I had to do this. I just had to light, carry them and light them. So I was like, okay, this is obviously a mechanic I've either missed or whatever. Um, and then I must have spent about half an hour, three quarters of an hour trying to get this bomb to throw, for him to throw it in the right direction. And I managed to do it once and he threw it and it just missed it. And then every other time... He either drops the bomb and it blows up or he just walks over the edge and it blows up. So at this point, I basically just said, fuck it. I've kind of rage quit and that's it. Game over. Yeah, so that was that. I could do, I could do the throw, right? So that, so there's <clears throat> there's a bridge. You go over the bridge and then you go into a little room where the... the TNT bulb things are. Yeah. I thought I will practice in there. I could pick them up fine and chuck them in there, no problem. But the minute I'd moved to the section that I needed to be in and I'd lit it, I just could not I could not do it. <laughs> I, I have absolutely no idea why. Because I could do it like literally two seconds away from there, but the minute I was in the bit that I needed to actually do it, I I fell off, threw it in the wrong direction. It blew up. It was <laughs> utterly shit. Um, mm. And at that point, I was like, right, this game isn't really for me. As much as I've gone, oh, yeah, I really enjoy this, I think. No, I, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think I'm enjoying it. I ended thinking, no, I don't like this. Uh, yeah. It could it could have been better, but the controls are so crap yes. um, that it, it, it ruined a lot of sections and took the enjoyment out of it massively. Mm -hmm. yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting on a future episode if we do Shadow of the Colossus because and Shadow of the Colossus equally has some really janky controls that you have to kind of get used to in order to play it properly. But everything else elevated it, and I think that's what's missing from this game for me is that, that there's not there's not that elevation um, that that puts it past. Also, I don't understand why there's so many changes between the British version. Uh, or the European version and the American version. It's yeah. so odd. Because even this playthrough that I've been watching while we're, we're talking, he's constantly got subtitles coming up saying, don't look for this in the UK version. It's not in there. I was like, well, but why? Is it, is it casual gamer read? Yes. Yeah, that's that's the one that I, I flicked through as well. Uh, and it is loads of points. I wonder why. Although, to be fair, if you've seen the American box art for the game compared to the British or European and Japanese box art, uh, which which one did I share today? 
good that question. You, that just sure. showed Ico. Oh, is it the one with his ugly face on it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one. Then... Yeah, that's the American one. The American one just looks like every game imaginable. The European <laughs> and Japanese release is this gorgeous artwork of a windmill in the distance. Yes, and um, Ico's running past the, the original release. If I remember rightly, came with. Came in like a cardboard sleeve, and it had postcards in it of the, the different areas. They did the same with Shadow of Colossus as well. The uh, the Ico got re-released uh, just in a normal plastic box. That's the version I've got. But I have got the cardboard Shadow of the Colossus with the uh, the postcards in it, which uh, a, a nice little addition because they are vista wise. There's some beautiful areas, mm. uh, more so in Shadow of the Colossus than this, I think, because you. You specifically have to look for them in, in Ico, uh, like looking over the pulpits of the castle to look out to the landscape, and you never really go there. You're just confined to the castle itself. Um, so it's a nice little addition for uh, for that first release to, to have those postcards in there, yeah. just to show off. What well, they were, they, were, they were obviously going on that angle yes. for, for the game. <laughs> maybe maybe the playtesters went... It looks very nice, but it's a bit shit, and and they think, well, so how can we uh, how can we market this game? Yeah. Let's market towards it looking pretty, and not playing very well. Yeah, uh, possibly. I mean, there's plenty of people that that absolutely love the game, and I can understand. Well, I can, or I can't. No, I can understand why. Um, there's there's things to like about it, uh, and if honestly, if I, this is the first time I played it, I would say. You know what? I should have probably played it at the time. I would have liked it more, but I played it at the time, and I liked it just as, as much as I mm-hmm. like it now. Uh, so I don't know. It's a it's a difficult one, and I feel like it's another episode where we're going to get a lot of people complaining that we're we've got shit opinions because it's much like <laughs> what happened with the Alpha Centauri one. <laughs> but um, I, I yeah, I just could just could not gel with it. It would be so boring to listen to a podcast with people who have the same opinions as everybody yes, else on every true. other podcast. That's, that is true. And normally, to be fair, we have some contrasting opinions. So it's nice uh, that I uh, that we both... I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's nice that we both didn't like it. <laughs> because we didn't like it for the same reasons. I think that's, yeah. that's the thing. So both of us have come to the same conclusion that... If it was if it was different in certain ways, probably would have enjoyed it a lot more than what we did. But the, there's just too many too many issues with it for me uh, to to get any enjoyment out of it, which is a shame because I would have loved to to have added it to my list of uh, of of games in that era. And from what I understand, the game they brought out after Shadow of the Colossus wasn't particularly good either. Uh, the one with the big dog Guardian. Oh. Guardians of the uh, Dark Galaxy (laughs) Um, yeah from what I've heard that game isn't very good and again oh I thought that I thought that had done pretty well uh, it had a lot of hype prior to release oh Uh, and then I've seen many a video that seemed to complain about the same things that really what we've been complaining about in this video oh god really Uh, so perhaps I mean they're sticking to a certain style and it doesn't necessarily always work which is a shame Last Guardian, is that right? Maybe that's, that's the it. badger. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one where you you yeah where you've got a like a, a big dog, monster dog bear thing that you. Yeah. It looks really really nice, but mm. uh, if the if you you know you've got enough 
trouble dragging a tiny little girl around, let alone a big <laughs> fuck-off dog. Well, there is that, yeah. Right, Dave. Mm. I mean, there's no point in me even asking you if you're going to play Beyond the Tenth Hour because you didn't bother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, let's do it just for the sake. Will I go Beyond the Tenth Hour, Dave? Uh, no, I don't think you will. Okay, right. So here is my tune. was very pretty oh, it reminded me of either either or i'm not sure i'm not sure if i'm right on the first one um my bloody valentine oh that's good um eels oh. had that had that scratchy record uh yes sound that they always use so yeah that was nice i like that oh, thank you very much very yeah. very tasty yeah i sat down after playing eco Ico and started to write that uh, and then I was like, oh, God, I think I'm going to, I think I might turn this into an actual song. Yeah. And then after about an hour, I thought, can't be bothered now. Can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> but, I thought, but, it, but it'd be pretty, a good one for the podcast. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that was really nice. Well done. Oh, I like it. Right. So, uh, no, I'm not going to play it any longer. It can fuck right off. And I deleted <laughs> it as soon as I had the chance. So, You know what, Stu? I may go back to it at some point. <laughs> it, no, I, you're not. I, no, but I want to like it so much. Think about all the games that you want to like. Yeah, I that know. That you probably don't. But I love Shadow of the Colossus so much. I, 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 just, I feel like I'm going to be locked in this forever, where every time I go back to it, I'll hate it. But then I'll go back to it again thinking, but I must like it, <laughs> yeah. for it is the, the precursor to Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> I, mean, I, I own, own it. it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things where I don't know. 
I, I can't force myself to like it, but I think one day maybe it'll click. Maybe no, something. No, it's never going to click. <laughs> it's never going to click. This Dave, is only we're... my second attempt, Stu. Third time's the charm. So maybe that time I'll get it. But it certainly doesn't happen this time. Look, we're, we're approaching 40. If we don't <laughs> like it by now, we're never going to like it. Well, there is that. There is that. All right. So next episode, hmm. what have we got? We have a special guest. Uh, he is called Lee. He's from the channel More Fun Making It. Uh, it's for, from this point on, he shall be known as Lovely Lee. Lovely uh, <laughs> Lovely old Lee. He's lovely so he's put his games forward for this week. Uh, I like the way he's categorised these. So he's gone, How many of them are there? There's three. Uh, but he went, with, he went with a game he loved, a game he should have loved... And a game everyone else loved. So it's oh, gone with, it's gone with those three choices. I'm not going to tell you which, which is which. I'm going to say them in a different order. Um, so he went with Grim Fandango, mm -hmm. Final Fantasy Seven, mm -hmm. and Outcast. Now he put Outcast forwards <laughs> back when uh, we had the initial uh, Discord the group. The RPG. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's kind of an RPG adventure thing done with vector, not vector, uh, voxel graphics. Um, so, yeah, there's those three. Grim Fandango, Final Fantasy VII, or Outcast. I will let you pick on this one, Stu. Right, okay. Uh, Grim Fandango, I've played through, so I don't really want to go with that. I'm going to go with Final Fantasy VII. Okay, that is the game everyone else loved. So I don't think he's actually played Final Fantasy VII, so that's a good choice, I reckon. Uh, Grim Fandango was the game he should have loved, mm -hmm. and Outcast is the game that he loved. So I oh. think that's a good choice, because, I mean, I don't have a great deal of um, history with really any of the Final Fantasies, apart from Mystic Quest, the worst one that I completed about three times on the SNES, because it was the only one that I had. Um, it's terrible. Don't even look at it. Uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII, though, um, I know for a fact there are uh, one or two listeners who uh, have tattoos of Final Fantasy VII because they love it so much. So uh, bear that in mind, Stu, when you waltz in there, slagging it off. We're going, I think I kind of like it, but I don't know. <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> Funnily enough, Ben, who was on the previous episode, is playing through Final Fantasy VII at the moment. Ooh, fancy that. What a world of coin. What wicked webs we weave. <laughs> Fine, final fantasy that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What a good pun. Um so yeah, Final Fantasy VII, um, PS1, I assume. It came out on PC as well, so pick and choose. I think they're all the same. Uh, recently remastered. Uh, most people complained about the remaster. Yeah, because it was only a little... Wasn't it it's only, only like the first chunk part, of the game, yeah. And I think they completely changed the story, which, which uh, in an RPG that's heavily story-focused is probably not what people wanted. No. So uh, we won't, we will we'll avoid that one. I'm going to go with the PS1 original. I'm not sure how far we'll get in 10 hours, but then, if we love it, may end up spending more than, than the 10 hours on it. We'll, we'll just see when we get to it, Stu. We will see. That's how the podcast works. Yes. So I will debrief Lee and tell him to get started on Final Fantasy VII, the seventh Final Fantasy. Actually, I don't think it's the seventh Final Fantasy. I think there's about 90 before he gets to seven. And and they're all 
aren't they like numbered slightly differently depending on what country you're in? Yes, I think Final Fantasy VI is three somewhere somewhere else, something like that. Um, the Japanese yeah. actually count the NES <laughs> versions yes. as actual one, games. One, two, and three. Yeah. The NES. Oh, uh, but we didn't get them because the Japanese thought we hated RPGs <laughs> for some reason. Because um, they had millions of them. Yeah, we didn't really get JRPGs until. I mean, we got them through we the discovered NES Japan. Era, but, yes, <laughs> once we once we colonized Japan, that's when we started to get them. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's quite cool. That's something. Uh, Oh, we've we've had a very PlayStation oriented couple of months. Haven't mm, we? Yes, well, month after we'll be getting back to normal normal regime. Normal regime. Whose choice is it? After, I don't bloody know. It's been years. Every <laughs> uh, one of ours. I guess it doesn't matter because the other person will do it the month after. <laughs> so I don't think it matters too much. I think if we're going to do like a point and click thing, we should um, we should specifically have like three. Uh, maybe we can do that. For oh, it would have to be. Anyway. It would have to be uh, probably a newer one that you've you've not played to death as well. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. There's 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 a ton of amazing new, mm. new ones yes. coming out. Uh, yeah. Okay, wicked. Right. No, well, we could do it. We could do a indie point and click episode at some point. Let us know in the comments if uh, you can't find the comments because there are none on the <laughs> website. <laughs> Let us know on the Discord what your favourite uh, indie point and click game is. Yeah, because yeah, there's like, uh, oh, dude, dude, where's my beer? Is a current one. Uh, I, it's a couple of years old. That looks really great. Okay, I think the only modern one I've played is Ben There Done That. Oh yes, yeah. Um, which I've I enjoyed. I, I don't play many point and clicks because I get. Very angry, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed Ben there, done that. So go and play Ben there, done that if you've not played it. I can't remember what yeah. happens. I just remember liking it. Yeah, maybe we can pillage some Steam keys if people uh, people are. God, that's not a bad idea, is it? Anyway, that, that's for an that's a discussion for outside of the podcast. Well, Dave, thank you for joining us. What? You're not a guest? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I've completely broken now. It's this damn heat. Oh, so have no, you, have Stu, you thank any... you for joining us. <laughs> All of us, yeah. It's my schizophrenia kicking in. Uh, so have you got anything you want to say and or plug? No, that's another podcast. Who says that at the end of their podcast? Have you got anything to plug? Uh, oh, it's, it's First We Feast. Uh, the, the hot ones. Oh, Stu, Stu, I think you just need to calm down. <laughs> I think you've completely broken yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. For more Stu and Dave shenanigans, join our Discord and follow 10HourT on Twitter and Instagram. For Dave, subscribe to Rose Tinted Spectrum on YouTube and follow Spectrum Tinted on Twitter. For Stu, YouTube and Twitter are Stu the Brummy and Stewie the Brummy on Instagram. Time's time, time, time.